Let's continue reflecting on the last message of our series on pilgrims, pilgrims to life. My topic is entitled Final Encouragement. And that is the last passage of 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 14 to 18. And after Peter wrote uh, this uh, letter, he was uh, shortly thereafter, he was martyred in Rome. So these, these five verses are not uh, only the last words or the last passage in 2 Peter. It is also the last uh, will or the last uh, words of Peter in his life. And so this is a passage that's extremely important for the church. Before Peter passed away, he encouraged the church for very important things. Concerning our faith, we need to make every effort. Pertaining to the Bible, we must respect it. And as for her heresy, we must guard against it. And with regards to our growth, we must grow holistically. And in these four aspects, these are the things that every believer must take note of. And as we face the year 2024, and I hope that uh, these will be the four directions that all of us need to be pursuing as we face the new year. First, we must make every effort concerning our faith. Take a look at verses 14 to 15. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Peter says, since you have put your hope in these things, what is this thing? And that is chapter 3, verses 3 to 10. And that is things concerning the Lord's coming. The new heaven and new earth. And that the Lord will be with us forever. And this is the hope that every Christian needs to have in our hearts. And this is the faith that you have in your life. And since we have this hope, how then should we live? First, that we must make every effort. Take note of something here. This is the third time that Peter mentions make every effort. In chapter 1, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort. And chapter 1, verse 10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. And chapter 3, verse 14. Make every effort to be found spotless. 
three times it is repeated, make every effort, make every effort. Christians, in our path of faith, we cannot be lazy. We as we pursue knowledge, we cannot be lazy. And the Chinese were saying, which uh, is very beautiful. And the meaning of this is that learning is like rowing upstream. If you don't keep rowing forward, you will fall behind. When you pursue learning, against the current. it is like uh, you're rowing against the current. And if you stop, you're going to drift backwards. And it is likewise with our faith. I always remind my co-workers of something. If you stop learning today, you stop teaching tomorrow. You stop learning today, you stop teaching tomorrow. So co-workers in the church, whether you're a pastor, you're a minister, you're uh, an elder or deacon, you cannot stop growing. Whenever we stop growing, that is when the church will stop growing. So church, we need to grow. Everyone needs to grow. And that is why you need to be diligent in pursuing. And three, in, you need to be learning or growing in three areas. Number one, you need to be striving to be found spotless. This concerns our behavior. Our behavior, we must be spotless. Please remember, there is no one who is perfect. There may be imperfections in our behavior. But please take note of something in our lives. There are three spots. We have blind spot, weak spot, and dirt spot. Blind spot are places that we cannot see. Weak spot are places where we are weak. And dirt spot are places where we fail. No matter what kind of a person you may be, you're bound to have blind spots in your life where you aren't able to see. You need other people to remind you. So you shouldn't be arrogant. There must be places in your life where you aren't able to see. Weak spot. Everyone has weak spot. And everyone's weak spots are different. But you, in your life, there cannot be any kind of dirt spots. You cannot have dark spots in your behavior, in your life. So that is why we must make every effort to be found spotless. Second, you need to make every effort to be found blameless. This talks about our character. Let me repeat this again, that uh, none of us is perfect. But, there cannot be any evident dark spots in your life that this person is very greedy this person is very arrogant 
This person is very selfish. These are very evident uh, character traits in a person's life. So may God help you. If you've, been, if you've been labeled as a person like who's greedy, who's selfish, then you need to repent. You need to change. After one year, after one year that people may notice, notice and say that this person has changed. It's no longer selfish. It's no longer that greedy. You need to grow. And third aspect, you need to be at peace with the Lord. What is the meaning of this? When your behavior and your life, your character does, uh, does not have any kind of uh, evident dark spots. I'm sorry to say this. When you are face to face with your Creator, you will not be afraid. You are able to be at peace as you see the Lord face to face. Because your conscience is going to be clear before God and before man. This is something that Peter has reminded us, and this is something that's very important. And you need to Make every effort to pursue this. And verse 15 is an example. Jesus is our example. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. What is the meaning of this? It speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ as he faced this world full of evil and wickedness. He is very patient because there are some people who say, The Lord says that he's coming again, he's coming again. It's, it's been a thousand years and he hasn't come yet. The Lord is late. The Lord is delayed. Peter says, No. Why is the Lord delay? Because the Lord is patient with this world filled with wickedness. The Lord is patient with lazy Christians. The Lord isn't uh, coming yet. We are not ready yet. Because we are not yet ready. Imagine. Imagine this. If the Lord Jesus were to come today, and I don't know how many among us will be at peace as we see the Lord face to face. That we will not be ashamed. When I was studying in Hong Kong, whenever you fail in, your, in the exams, you know that you need to bring the test papers uh, to get signed by your parents. And if I don't pass, I would be very ashamed to see my father. My father was very fierce. I remember one time, I was like in elementary, like in grade 2 or grade 3. I didn't pass. And I needed my father to sign it. I dare not allow my father to sign it. You know who signed it? I signed it myself. When the teacher saw the paper, this is uh, your father's signature? I said, yes. How, how come it's not uh, doesn't look good? Get your father to come here. And, uh, you know, I got found out. And so I got spanked. 
if the Lord were to come today, are you able to show your test papers to the Lord? So may God help us. You need to make every effort to pursue. On one hand, you keep yourself here. And on the other hand, you strive and work hard for the Lord. That you can be at peace when you see the Lord face to face. The second encouragement. We need to be, we need to highly respect the Bible. Take a look at the verses 15 and 16. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. And Peter says that our dear brother Paul wrote this letter. He recognized the letters that Paul wrote were letters that were written under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Just like the letter to the Ephesians. And uh, first and second Thessalonians. Lomasu. Book of Romans. And uh, he says that these were letters that were uh, written by Paul according to the wisdom that God had given him. And there is the authority of the Bible, the authority of the Holy Spirit in it. And we cannot carelessly uh, explain them. And you know, this is very amazing that Paul said, or rather Peter said these things. Because in Galatians, something very important is written there. Paul had publicly rebuked Peter. And this is not something simple. Look at Galatians chapter 2 verse 14. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Cephas is Peter. And Paul openly and publicly rebuked uh, Peter for what he had done wrong. And who was Peter? Peter was the leader of the early church. And he was the number one among the twelve apostles. And he was the senior pastor of the church at Jerusalem. And who was Paul? And when Paul wrote the letter to Galatians, to the Galatians, it was around AD 50. And then a, uh, a pastor who's been uh, like uh, being a pastor for like 10 years. His identity, his position, he cannot actually compare with Peter. And yet he dared to openly rebuke Peter. There's only one reason. Because what you have done is not in accord with the Bible, with the truth. The Bible is our only one and sole authority. It is not based on your identity. That you're 
the elder of the church. That you're the senior pastor of the church. And if you are not walking in accordance with the scripture, we can rebuke you. I rebuke you not because I have a higher position than you. Because the truth is our only one and sole foundation of authority. But Peter, Peter was very good. Although he was rebuked by Paul. He wasn't angry at all. And he even said, The letters that uh, Paul had written were according to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And this is something that every one of us needs to learn. In your life, what is your highest authority in your home as fathers? Where does your authority come from? Because I'm a father. No, no, no. No. Or because I'm a mother. No, 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 no. No. Or because I'm older than you. Because I have more experience than you. No, no, no. No. You need to be walking in accordance with the Bible, the truth. If you are not walking according to the Bible, Please allow your children to rebuke you. It's not the children rebuking you. the children rebuking you. But rather, your children are reminding you in accordance with the Bible, with the truth. We need to have such kind of respect for the Bible. Peter says, in the letters that Paul wrote, he spoke about these things. What are these things? And that is the things concerning the coming of the Lord. The things that are going to happen in the last days. In the, in the letters of Paul, there are things that are hard to understand. But please don't try to distort or try to explain uh, Paul's letters. Very meaningful here. To distort in Greek means to twist, pervert, and to misinterpret. And this, this is what the false prophets during that time were doing. They couldn't understand what the Bible was saying. So they used their own intellect to try to explain God's word. And we say this, this out of context. And we cannot uh, explain the Bible out of context. So please remember, if you don't know, then just say that you don't know. If you don't understand, just say that I don't understand. Please remember. Do not uh, try to, th to, to show that uh, you understand or you know. Just like what? When the Lord is coming again. The Bible clearly states that no one can know. But it is a pity that a lot of people says that I know when the Lord is coming again. What is even more pitiful is that there are people who follow these people. You know why? You know why? 
Because we are not reading the word of God. We don't even know what the, whether these people is, are saying is true or not. And Peter says, If you try to distort God's word, you are going to be destroyed. The word destroyed. To mean uh, destruction means hateful, harmful, to become extinct and to be destroyed. So, church, I do hope that you understand something very important here. You, should you shouldn't try to distort God's word. There, there are things that we really do not know, then please say, I don't know. I don't know is not something embarrassing. Because this is what the Bible says. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Two things. Secret things. Secret things. Secret things. Things that are not revealed. These are things that we do not know. Things that are revealed. These are things that are revealed to let us know. So that we may follow, we may obey God's word. As God's servant. There's only one responsibility for us. That is to explain God's word properly. Take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Paul says to Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Correctly handles the word of God. Correctly handles the word of God. Open it. And that is to open, open God's word. There's one verse that I find very beautiful. Psalm 119, 130. The unfolding of your words gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. God's word. When you open God's word, when you explain it according to God's uh, intent, it's going to be like a light that shines. And then it uh, gives us understanding. And I don't know whether you have such an experience. Many years ago, many, many years ago, and uh, there was not this advertisement, advertisement in Hong Kong. And it gave me a very deep impression. There was a person who's uh, sitting in the taxi. And he opened up his notebook. Suddenly there was this green light that uh, shone. And this person's face uh, smiled. And in another place... It was a woman in the kitchen. He also, she also opened a notebook. 
and a green light shone from the room. And he, she smiled. A businessman the office. in the office. He also opened a notebook. And also green light shone from that notebook. And he smiled. You know what that advertisement was about? You know what kind of a money is uh, color green? Huh? Well, this advertisement was about opening up a, uh, a US dollar account. So when you uh, open up your passbook, then that green light shines and people smile. Church. When you open up God's word, when you study God's word, when you explain God's word or interpret God's word according to His will, have you had once, maybe twice, such kind of an experience? Like you realize that, wow, this is what it says. And uh, there was one time, when I was reading the Bible, I was reading about uh, Jesus being crucified on the cross. Suddenly, I had this deep impression that uh, these uh, thorns were put on the head of Jesus Christ and then the blood flowed. Suddenly, suddenly, then I suddenly connected the uh, the first time that thorns appeared in the book of Genesis together with the thorns of Jesus. When God created this world, He did not create thorns. Where did thorns come from? It was after the fall of man. When God cursed the land. And from then on, uh, the land produced thorns. And this was the result of sin. But who took upon himself these thorns? It was Jesus Christ. And so the crown of thorns was put on the head of Jesus. And he took upon himself all our sins. Suddenly, I came to that realization. So when I read the book of Genesis, when I came to chapter 14 or chapter 15, when God had a covenant with Abraham, when he cut that animal into two, and this was a sign of the people during that time when they, whenever they make a covenant, and the two of them will be walking in the middle of those uh, two pieces that were cut. And the meaning of that is whoever does not uh, obey or follow that covenant, then your life will be cut off. Suddenly, the Bible says that there was great darkness that covered the whole land. Initially, I couldn't understand why there was darkness. 
Suddenly, when I came to the New Testament, when Jesus was crucified on the cross at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, when it was supposed to be the brightest, the Bible says, suddenly, darkness covered the whole land. Suddenly, I came to understand something. Abraham in the book of Genesis is the new te- is Jesus Christ in the New Testament when the darkness came but who carried the darkness it was Jesus who carried on himself our darkness this was the result of sin you need to be reading the Bible in such manner very often so that uh, the word of God will come to have a connection with your life Read it slowly. Initially, if you don't understand it, that's fine. If you don't understand it, then that's okay. But it will come to a point in time. Holy Spirit is going to work in you and allow you to connect God's word. Then you will discover something. The whole of the Bible is one book. Is one author. The Holy Spirit. And that is the Holy Spirit. So may God help us. We must respect the Word of God. Do not uh, try to force to interpret God's Word incorrectly. Uh, be reading the Bible properly. Let it be a determination for you in the year 2024. And the third thing, against heresy, we must guard against it. Verse 17, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. Chinese interprets this as uh, uh, wicked people. But in English, what does it say? Lawless. It's lawless. Lawless man. The emphasis here is not uh, how bad, how wicked people are. The uh, emphasis here is that people are not living according to the pure, unadulterated truth. The wicked people referred to here are the false prophets who try to misinterpret God's word. And I do hope that you understand something important here. These false prophets, these heresies, in the eyes of people, they are not like some really wicked people. They look very good people. They look like very good people. Look at this. The uh, followers of uh, Mormonism, and Jehovah's uh, Witnesses, very often they would go out in pairs and look at the way they dress themselves. Very proper, either white or uh, black, and with a black necktie. And look at their hairs. Men, they're very well combed. And they cut their hairs very short. They're like our young people who have very long hairs. And for the women, they wear gowns. 
They were dressed and then look at them. Oh, And they, they, you see that they're really very good people. And you'd really wish that your children will be wearing the same kind of clothing as they do. And the Bible says that these wicked people, you're just like that. It's not that, not that their lives are bad or wicked. But they're lawless, meaning to say that they are not interpreting God's word according to God's truth. Just like uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't recognize the uh, doctrine of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're not equal, they're not... Uh, uh, of the same type of uh, glory. They acknowledge that yes, Jesus is God. But, but only a small God. Jesus is only but a small God. Because for them, they say that all matter is corrupt. And because Jesus had a physical body, so Jesus cannot be God. don't recognize or acknowledge that there is a hell. Because God loves all people. And it's impossible for God to allow people to suffer in hell forever. They cannot accept blood from other people. They also cannot donate their blood to other people because their faith doesn't allow that. And the Bible, this is the kind of lawless people that the Bible refers to. They are not following the pure, unadulterated word of God. And Peter says, be careful. Do not allow yourselves to be deceived by them. To be carried away in the original text is to be modeled in your brain. You need to say that you aren't able to act rationally. And as a result, you take the wrong path. And this being carried away is very meaningful. Because in the book of Galatians, in chapter 2, verses 12 to 13, and this is what uh, I referred to a while ago. Take a look at what it says here. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who, who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. During the time Peter, Paul, and Barnabas, they were eating together with all uh, with the Gentiles. Suddenly, there were some uh, Jews, some believers uh, that came from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. They were ultra conservative Jews. They will never associate themselves or eat together with uh, Gentiles, including believers. When Peter learned that they had arrived, the Bible says, and Peter hypocrit hypo hypocritically acted out. 
perhaps saying that uh, oh I've got something to do I say, I've got some business ay, to take ay, care ay, of ay, I, I need to leave lo. or maybe I've got some stomach problem I need to go to the toilet I need to leave and when Peter started to leave all the rest of the Jews so that uh, Peter left they also complained that they were having some stomach problems and they had to leave even Barnabas himself was about to leave and Paul saw that this isn't right and he publicly rebuked them saying what you're doing is wrong hypocrite or hypocrisy means to be modeled in the brain. And this is very meaningful. And the first person who uh, started the error was Peter. He started the erroneous ways and then the second group of people were the Jews. And the third was Barnabas. Take a look at this. A person who took the wrong path. And there will be some people who will follow you in the wrong path. And the third person is going to follow you as well. So one will lead another and this is what's so frightening about the, the cults. And if you don't guard against heresy and against these uh, teachings of the cult, it's uh, one after the other is going to fail. What do we do then? Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. Two or three prophets should speak, and the other should weigh carefully what is said. Wait carefully. Weigh carefully. Weigh carefully or to really think about it. Uh, what is the meaning of this? Way carefully means to examine what the prophets say and to distinguish right and wrong, to test whether a prophet is true or false. So, church, when you're listening to someone preaching, when you're listening to someone talking, on, uh, with one ear, you must uh, receive it. But then, your mind must start to think about it. Not to criticize. But rather to meditate and to reflect whether what the person is saying is in accordance with the word of God or not. In Singapore, there is a very famous church. New creation. And that is a new creation. And you have to pay really close attention to what the part, uh, pastor is and the title is very good. The Gospel of Grace. The Gospel of Grace. And nothing wrong with the name. But listen to him as he preach. The gospel that he preaches is not the gospel of the Bible. You know what? The focus of his message is that after a Christian repents and uh, believes in the Lord, he can no longer repent. Why? Again, you know why? Because the gospel of grace is in your life. Your sins are already forgiven. And your sins, uh, past, present, and future, are all forgiven. 
And if you repent again, you are committing a sin. Grace, grace and grace. And he uh, emphasizes on grace and grace. And he has forgotten something. Based on the righteousness of God, not the grace of God. Our salvation is based on the righteousness of God, not the grace of God. Without God's righteousness, you will not be saved. Because your God's grace is based upon His righteousness. So when you listen to people preach, you really have to weigh carefully. And the Bible has a very good example. The book of Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Look how beautiful this is. Examine the scripture every day to see if what Paul said was truth. They examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. This should be the atti- our attitude toward the Bible and our attitude when, whenever we hear someone preach. We have to examine the scriptures. See what the pastor is saying is true or false. So may God help us. Believers, Read your Bible well. As pastors and preachers, let us preach the word of God well. So that the the messages that will be preached from our pulpit will be the pure, unadulterated truth. The last. The last. We need to, concerning our growth, we need to be balanced or holistic. Second Peter 3.18 But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to actively grow in both the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, to grow in grace. What is grace? Of course, some people will say that grace is God's free gift for us. But there is also another good definition of it. Grace is God's love in action. Grace is free. Grace is precious. No matter what you do, it's not going to increase God's grace to you by even a bit. And no matter what you do not do, it's also not going to reduce God's grace in your life even by a bit. But you need to be growing in God's grace. You need to be receiving God's grace. You need to be growing in the receiving of God's grace. You need to be growing also in experiencing God's grace in your life. You know what? Especially for us uh, from uh, the uh, Orientals or the Chinese. 
但是我们是感谢我们的文化。但是我们是感谢我们的文化。但是我们是感谢我们的文化。但是我们是感谢我们的文化。但是我们是感谢我们的文化。但是我们是感谢我们的文化。但是我们是感谢我们的文化。但是
将来 in the future， 你若有困难的时阵 ，if you have the capacity， 你若看到别人有需要的时阵 ，and if you see other people who are in need， 请你去帮助别人 ，please help other people， 将上帝的恩典传出去 ，and pass on God's grace to others， 上帝恩典就继续在那个教会中间行未停了 ，so that God's grace God's grace will continue to uh, uh, revolve around in the church。And it seems like he understood. So he accepted. And so he accepted it. We need to accept God's grace not for our own sake. In 1996 Olympics, they made a very, uh, they, uh, a very special research. Uh, silver, gold, and bronze. Uh, who was the happiest among the three? Of course, it's the one who uh, the, the gold medalist. And who's the second one? And something that they couldn't imagine. It wasn't actually the silver medalist. It's the bronze medalist who was the happiest after the gold medalist. You know why? You know why? Because the the bronze medalist, the third, third placer. Of course, they didn't say praise the Lord, but it's basically like that, saying praise the Lord. At least I got in at third place. Because if he didn't get in at third place, would be none. He's thankful that at least he's got third place. And the one among the three that is unhappiest was the one who got the silver medal. Why was the silver medal unhappy? I should have gotten the gold medal. This is our human mentality and human nature. We are not grateful. You need to praise the Lord and thank God that at least you've got a silver medal. The same. The same. In 2023, are you grateful? You're not grateful. Why did I get first honor? Why am I only in the second place? You've got to be thankful that at least you, have, you are in the second place. May God help us. We must often have a grateful heart. And the third, second, we need to grow in knowledge. Knowledge refers to the truth. We need to be growing in the truth. Let me ask you a question. There are 66 books in the Bible. And how many of those books do you truly understand? You know, among the 66 books, there's only one book that I don't fully understand. And that is the Song of Songs. Because after I became a Christian, my pastor said something to me. If you're not yet 30 years of age, you shouldn't be reading Song of Songs. Because I and so I dare not read it. Song of songs. And he said that uh, after you're 30, after 30 years of age, then you can start reading the song of songs. And if you haven't read the song of songs, then you don't understand what I'm saying. Because there are some uh, 
some things are written there that uh, you know children aren't supposed to see. But I started reading it as well. Let me ask you. Among the 66 books, how many of those books do you fully understand? Not only should you increase in knowledge, you need to increase your experience as well. Your life need to experience God's word. So you need to grow in knowledge also grow in your life. Balance. And this is what balance is. So may God help us. And this is a direction that we need to be pursuing. Take note of these words. Grace without the truth. You will very often be deceived. On the other hand, if you only have knowledge without grace, you will often be condemning other people for their sins. So may God help you. Be a balanced, holistic Christian. 2023 is about to end. May these four areas be an encouragement for us that we must make every effort in our faith. We must respect Bible. We must guard ourselves against heresy. And we must have a very balanced growth. May God bless you. Let's pray. Our Father, we are truly grateful, Lord, uh, that as we uh, close the year 2023, not only are we able to come together, gather together as your church, as your people to worship you. Father, we are also grateful, Lord, that uh, for all the good things that you have brought our way this year. Thank you, Father, for sustaining us through the year. Thank you, Father, for especially the wonderful message and reminder that you have for us uh, through your servant this morning, Lord, that uh, as we face the new year, the year 2024, Lord, may we truly continue to grow in grace and in truth, in knowledge. May we grow uh, holistically, and may we continue to uh, guard ourselves against heresy, continue to grow our deeper in the knowledge of your truth and your word, and that uh, our lives may continue to grow and may continue to mature, and that we may become more and more like your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen. And all we ask this, Lord, uh, for the glory of your name. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.